Chapter 7, Definitions and Word Choice. Part 1, Drafting Definitions. Contract Tip, Drafting Definitions, The Basics. Many lawyers feel strongly about where to place definitions in their contracts, but not me. I consider the decision to be a stylistic one. My review of definitions focuses on two things. I make sure each capitalized term is defined and only defined once. Then I ensure that there are no rights and obligations in the definitions. Let me explain why including rights and obligations in a definition creates a huge mess. Definitions are shortcuts in a contract. Rather than typing a detailed concept each time, we use a single defined term. It makes contracts so much easier to read. But the mechanism breaks down when you include rights and obligations in the definition. Here is the right and wrong way to write a contract definition. Correct. Site means the buyer's warehouse at 123 Main Street, Austin, Texas. Incorrect. Site means the buyer's warehouse at 123 Main Street, Austin, Texas. Buyer will store the product in a secured area in the site. If you use the incorrect version, every time the word site appears in the contract, you will need to read it as the full definition. That means you would repeat the obligation about storage every single time. You would never repeat the same sentence 20 times in a contract, but that is precisely what including an obligation in a definition does. So don't do that. Contract tip. Drafting definitions, the nuances. Watch what is included and not included in your defined terms. Definitions are one of the most important and most overlooked parts of a contract. There are many subtle techniques for drafting definitions to shift risk and limit liability. Here's a typical example. A seller's form contract defines product as a specific piece of equipment identified in the product data sheet and assigned this product number. Sounds okay, right? Well, maybe, but not if the seller provides ancillary items like related wiring or spare parts that the buyer assumes are included in the warranty and other contract terms. Check to see what the seller's warranty indemnification cover. Often in these cases, these and other clauses will only cover the capitalized term products, which again does not include those ancillary items. When a seller narrows the definition to include a portion of what it's sold, it also narrows its liability and obligations. Watch out for this technique when purchasing goods or services. Make sure the product, or whatever term you use, includes everything bought under a purchase order from the seller. Otherwise, you may find yourself surprised when you make a claim to discover that the warranty or indemnification does not protect your entire purchase. Contract tip. Align defined terms with statutory definitions. Don't add your version of statutory terms to your contracts. Not long ago, I reviewed a counterparty's form of non-disclosure agreement governed by California law. The counterparty had added its original definition of a trade secret. I checked, and it was worded differently from the California statutory definition. 
This approach has disaster written all over it. Let's say I left the provision in and there was a dispute over a party's disclosure of the other party's trade secrets. So what definition of a trade secret would a court or arbitrator use in evaluating the case? The version defined in the contract or the version that would apply under California law? Or maybe a combination of both? Your guess is as good as mine. Redefining statutory terms creates confusion in your contracts. Let the statute's definition control. To include a definition in the contract, define the term as having the meaning under applicable law. Contract tip. Beware multiple definitions for similar terms. Be extra careful if you see multiple definitions for similar terms. It's a drafting technique that can deflect the focus on allocating risk in a contract. The most common way I see this technique is by having two similar definitions for a product. Let's take the example of a vendor licensing a software program that incorporates open source software. The vendor might create one definition of the software program that includes its own code and third-party open source software. This defined term might be something like product. The vendor would then use another defined term that includes only its own proprietary code, labeling it as software. Then the vendor would use the term software, the term that includes only its own code, when identifying what software is covered by the intellectual property indemnification and other provisions. Whenever you see two definitions covering similar concepts, note the differences and watch for how they're used. When I have a complex agreement with multiple definitions, I usually will include a specific review of just the similar defined terms. I use the find function and check each use of the first term, then repeat to check each use of the second term. It is much easier to identify errors this way than relying solely on your memory as part of your general review. Contract tip, defining goods. The goods definition in a contract is one that many people gloss over, but I'd encourage you to scrutinize it. Here are four nuances to how we word goods and definitions. One, separate goods from services. Some contracts lump the goods and services into a defined term like product or work. I do that sometimes myself, but I always have a separate definition that covers only the tangible goods. We need that standalone term in the provisions that cover anything like delivery terms, how title passes, and product warranties. Two, distinguish goods from deliverables. Contracts often mix up goods and deliverables, lumping them together. I prefer to keep them separate to customize other provisions like warranties and indemnities. I define deliverables as the tangible work product from paid services bought by the customer. I define goods as the vendor's core products not produced with the paid services. Three, be precise about what is included in goods. Some goods definitions are narrow. Goods means the Silver Star widget model XYH3 described in Exhibit A. Others are broad. Goods means anything delivered by the seller to buyer. 
Which approach is better for you depends on the nature of the deal and whether you are buying or selling the goods. Four, analyze whether goods includes ancillary products. Customers need to ensure the warranty covers everything that the customer receives with the goods, not just the main product. Otherwise, you may find that the product warranty does not cover some things provided by the vendor. Contract tip, defining services. There are many subtleties to how we define services in a contract. It's important to think through the definition and how it applies in your transaction. These are the three most common approaches I see. Only as written, services means the services described in the statement of work or the SOW. Only as performed, services means the services performed by seller parties. Or either as written or as performed. Services means services described in the SOW performed by the party. Both as written and performed. Services means services described in the SOW performed by seller parties. The first definition limits the defined term to just the written description. This option provides the parties with certainty and predictability. If the vendor performs extra services, those may not be included. Some drafters prefer this second option of services performed. That means the definition is open-ended, so anything the vendor does is included. The third option includes both concepts, creating a narrower definition. You also could put an or in there, creating an inclusive definition, but one that could have the danger of being too over-inclusive. Think about obligations and rights arising from where whatever is included in the definition. When I represent customers, I usually want a more limited definition to give me pricing certainty, so I define it as written. As a vendor, I want to get paid for everything I do, so I might prefer as performed or the hybrid approach. However you define it, read each use in the context of what you need for the deal and not relying on a cookie-cutter approach.